Welcome to the International Door Association's DoorCast. The ITA DoorCast will provide news and notes from the building and remodeling industry and tips and tidbits to help you improve your business. Now, here's your DoorCast host, IDA Executive Director, Mike Fisher. Hello, everybody. This is Mike Fisher, Executive Director of IDA, with my guest, Mark McManus, and we are coming to you from the Winding Bar Cafe. Thank you for joining us. Mark McManus is the co-owner of Door Boy in Berkeley Heights, New Jersey. He is also the president of the Institute of Door Dealer Education and Accreditation. Mark is going to share his perspective on operating a family-owned door business during the COVID-19 pandemic. We'll also be talking about Mark's role as IDEA president and the value of IDEA accreditation and certification for door dealers and their personnel. Mark, thank you so much for taking time to talk to me tonight. Mike, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. How's everything in New Jersey? And I'm not going to ask you what exit, by the way. Everything's doing good here. We're just trying to get everything all accomplished. So, Mark, why don't you tell me a little bit about Doorboy? I'd like to know more about how your company came into existence, how long it's been in operation, and and uh, a little bit as well about your background in, in the industry and with Doorboy. So, my father started in the door industry in 1968. Uh, he was working basically in the dock and tra- tractor trailer repair. In 1972, the company was renamed to Doorboy, and that was the beginning of everything. We've been in the same location with our offices since 1984. In 1991, I became a actual paid employee, and I have been there ever since. Two years ago, my father had passed. Uh, it is now myself, my brother, and my sister who all run the company. Well, first of all, I remember when your father passed, and and I know that's tough to deal with from a personal standpoint, but it also was difficult for a business to make the transition. So we haven't talked about this. Uh, how, how is the transition going now with two brothers and a sister managing Doorboy? Fortunately, my father had kind of started to step aside a number of years ago. So it was the three of us that were running all the day-to-day operations on a regular basis. He would just step in and complain when we weren't doing things right. With that knowledge that he instilled in us, we were able to continue forwards without much of a hiccup. So he actually started succession planning years ago, and that made it easier for you when he did pass. Correct. A lot of that had to deal with my mom's health had turned and he had to dedicate his, his time to her so that, you know, put that into place. You also said you became a paid employee. Now I'm reading between the lines. Did you work without pay for a while when you were younger before you actually became an employee of Doorboy? It was a family business. So if you weren't playing a sport in school, you were expected to be at the office doing something to help better the business. So when you actually started working, you were already semi-trained then. You had experience with the company and experience with, with the job. Absolutely. Some of my best training came as a kid when I would have to separate the old operator heads from the rails for recycling purposes. And I would sit there and plug them in and make things spark. And I learned a lot about how they operate. Mark, you talk about going through the transition of ownership in your company when your father passed away. 
we also have been dealing in the same time frame with the COVID-19 pandemic and all of its issues for door dealers. So I'd like you to just give me the high level experience that you've gone through at Doorboy with dealing with the pandemic, dealing with all of the supply issues that we've had, shortages, back orders, volatile marketing issues like pricing increases. How has Doorboy weathered the storm? And do you think you're in a stronger position today than you were two years ago? I believe coming out of COVID, we'll be in a stronger position because of the responsibilities that we had to put on our employees through all of this. You know, we had times where, you know, guys having to take a role of handling job sites without any contact of the customer. We had limited contact between the office personnel and the technical technician side of things. So that side of things definitely, I think, will end up being on the better side of things when we get to the end. The hardest parts were dealing with scheduling logistics when you would have technicians through contract tracing that were out of the, you know, out on quarantine for long periods of time, material backlogs that customers were not happy about and the office having to deal with all of those headaches of constantly staying in touch with customers, trying to give them as much updated information as we could. So it's been a tough ride, but we definitely see things looking brighter in the future. Well, that is good to hear. I think one of the messages that I've been hearing from door dealers about the pandemic is that it has forced everyone to become much better at communicating, communicating within the teams, between departments, and obviously, as you said, to customers and suppliers. So that may be a good thing coming out of the pandemic is we'll be poised to respond to these kinds of issues better in the future, but maybe we'll become more efficient too, because after all, with the labor shortages you all have been dealing with, that kind of efficiency is going to become a a necessity from here on out. Absolutely. We have definitely found ways to streamline everything for the technicians in the field. Let's switch gears now and talk about IDEA, the Institute of Door Dealer Education and Accreditation. You are the president of IDEA. So how many years now have you been in service to IDEA? So in 2009, I was appointed by the IDEA to be a board member for the IDEA. I served two terms as a board of director, and then I was nominated for second VP, which I held that position for two years, then first VP, and I currently sit as the president of IDEA. It sounds like volunteering and taking that path through leadership at IDEA is not for the faint-hearted, so you have to be committed to what you're doing. Correct. I give a lot of credit to my brother and my sister for being able to handle the ship at Doorboy when I am away at board meetings and such. But the value that these associations bring to the industry, in my opinion, is worth every bit of time that I've spent volunteering. Well, let's talk about that value. Are you a certified technician? Yes, I am a certified master technician. I hold my four credentials in residential installer certification, commercial sectional certification, rolling steel certification, the rolling steel fire door certification, and I also hold a gate operator installer certification. How about the rest of your technicians at Doorboy? 
We use the certification program as a means to advance through our company. Because we at Doorboy do all aspects of doors and gates, residential and commercial, when we bring new hires in, they're trained in the discipline of residential installations. Once they have that discipline down, we set them down and we have them certified as a residential certified technician. As they increase their knowledge and get into more of the commercial sectional, we're going to have them certified in that. And that helps with the advancement in the company. We currently have two other master technicians certified in our company, and all technicians are required to be certified. You actually have set up a hierarchy within your employee base that somewhat mirrors the IDEA technician certification program, haven't you? Correct. That's fantastic. I think that's the first time that I've heard a company actually set up their organizational structure to mirror that. I think that's fabulous. So you bring a new technician and they start off on the residential business and then you allow them to move into sectional for commercial, which is a natural move, and then over to rolling products, et cetera. And then you also mentioned that you have the gate certification. So that kind of career growth for technicians is, I think that's pretty well planned. Does that help you with retaining your employees? Absolutely. Uh, We actually get a lot of employees coming out of Votech schools. And because we can lay out this plan and show them a future of growth and how to advance, we have a pretty good handle on getting some employees uh, in and retaining them. Well, the vocational school pipeline is something that we are working on trying to figure out how IDA can do more outreach to. Is that the kind of program you think IDA should take a a much stronger look at, how we can interface with those vocational schools across the country, not just in New Jersey, but you see benefit in that for IDA? Yes, I would definitely see a benefit in that. It's definitely labor intensive as as far as getting it started. Uh, I know the two Votech schools that I deal with, you know, it took many meetings of meeting with the placement hire director and laying out our plan of attack and how we offer things. And unfortunately in Votech schools, they're not teaching garage door information. You know, we're taking guys that may be in HVAC or in some welding um, and we're trying to show them a career path. So that part of it makes it very tricky, but I would love to see IDA, even if not lay out a plan that allows dealers to approach their local Votech school and show it to them. So developing some materials that you could use to take to those schools in your area would be helpful to your company. Absolutely. I think that would be you know a great place to start. The good news in the short term is we will have a couple of guests for the IDA Doorcast coming up. One will be from the educational system to talk about vocational education in the schools. So we're actually going to bring an educator on to talk about that. And that's someone from the state of Colorado. So stay tuned for that one. And then we're also going to talk to my counterpart with another trade association in the roofing industry to find out what they've done in this exact regard in terms of reaching out to vocational schools. So we're going to kind of look at it from two different directions. And I really appreciate your feedback because I I think we're on the right track. So hopefully we'll be able to get this information put together so that we'll have a, a toolkit for dealers to be able to take to their local schools. Do you think that the IDEA certification program for technicians can play into that vocational technical school outreach? I believe the IDA and the IDEA working together and laying that information out would be hugely beneficial. 
Mark, IDEA has a lot of other areas that we work on, including trying to develop new ways to educate our dealers in parallel with the programming that you offer through IDEA. One of the issues that IDEA is working on, Mark, is outreach to other stakeholders to help us maximize the value for our members and, and make us more effective. That puts us in touch with a lot of IDEA members who have ideas on projects that IDEA should be engaging in. One of those projects that's been put to us is to have IDEA lobby state by state for licensing requirements for door dealers. Now, I think you understand that trying to do that would be problematic in terms of the expense, going to each state and trying to put licensing requirements in and have those be effective, have those requirements become mandatory for all door dealers. That creates a, a bit of a burden for new small companies, especially, but it's something that we've been hearing a lot about. So just high level, what are your thoughts about licensing requirements for our industry? I would love to see personally licensing happen in our industry. I believe it is a highly skilled trade, no different than an electrician or plumber where they require those same licenses. We have a high risk with the, you know, you have a giant moving wall, which is a garage door. Um, it needs to be installed properly to be able to continue to work and function smoothly through the number of years it's, it's expected to. I understand the hurdles that it would take to get that requirements through each of the different states, um, and it would be a huge mon monumental task. I've thought about it many a times and looked at it as the accreditation program that IDEA offers is no different than most states hold a plumbing and electrical license exam, which covers all aspects of the business of your business from insurance regulations to how the product itself is installed and all those dedications that, you know, offering that to a state to utilize as an exam for entering into the licensing field, I think could be well utilized. But again, the hurdles of getting it into each state would be, you know, immense. You are correct in that a lot of the door products that we deal with have life safety issues as part of them, especially if you think about a, a rolling steel fire door, it's part of a firewall assembly. The building's fire safety is dependent on that. And so it's, a, it's not just a garage door that we're talking about. We're also talking about electronic components, operators, control systems, and those kinds of devices. So it's a lot more involved than a lot of people think. And as you said, you have a moving wall. So there's just the weight, the mass. And the counterbalance systems do require proper installation, and they also require proper servicing and maintenance. So there's a lot more involved here. There may be another way to get to the licensing issue, which is to actually set some parameters to help ensure that doors are being properly installed and maintained. One of the ways might be to look at enforcing building permitting requirements. In fact, I had an article in a recent IDA magazine about the fact that in most jurisdictions in the United States, the building codes actually include a requirement for permitting for replacement garage doors. Now, obviously, new construction, the door is part of the building permit that the contractor would pull for that entire project. But on replacement projects where the door replacement is the only item that's happening, very few jurisdictions actually enforce that code requirement. My opinion is that's something worth looking into. What do you think about that? It would definitely be a place to start. In the gate operator industry, we have three states that actually require a installer of gate operators to be certified in the discipline of installations of gate operators. So the ball has started to roll a little bit in our roundabout industry. 
pushing to get the permits validated in states that have that requirement would just be another way to get the ball rolling in the right direction. Again, these are items that are on our discussion list with an IDA, and we'll be talking about them some more. But I think that if there's something that we can do to help ensure safe installation, that's that's good for all of our customers, our end users, and the occupants of the buildings that are that serve those people. There are a couple of other issues out there that we're talking about related to code requirements and all that. And as you know, we've recently been successful in getting an update to the International Fire Code that puts a little bit stronger language in there on the requirement that's contained in NFPA 80 for fire door annual inspections and drop testing. That change in the code will hopefully call more attention to their need for those annual inspections. That service that many of our IDA members provide is a service to the building owners and occupants because it helps ensure the safe use of the rolling steel fire doors. Is your company involved in those fire door drop tests, annual fire door drop tests? Yes, we handle the rolling steel fire door drop tests for many of our customers. I have been a big advocate for pushing for the change in the terminology in the fire code verbiage. And I'm happy that it's taking effect. Um, One of the things I would love to bring to light of everybody is IDEA has the rolling steel fire door installation certification. I know you can get certified through different manufacturers with hands-on. What I see as a downside of the manufacturer's hands-on training programs is they are only that manufacturer-specific training programs. The IDEA Rolling Steel Fire Door Certification Program covers all aspects and best practices how to handle all manufacturers and all different age type scenarios when it comes to fire doors. And I think it's a huge valuable product, not to take anything away from what the manufacturers are trying to do as well, but I think even anybody going through the manufacturer certifications should still look into the IDEA's rolling steel fire door certification program. Maybe those two programs could work together. For example, someone who has the IDEA rolling steel fire door technician certification could also get an additional level of education from each of the manufacturer's products that they want to want to be able to inspect and and test annually. So if it was a two-pronged approach to that educational program, what do you think about that? Well, that would be great because those manufacturer programs could be used as additional CEUs for that technician to retain his certifications. Manufacturers programs again, in my opinion, are limited with being able to give a technician full scope of information. And rightfully so. I don't think a manufacturer from company A would want company B telling technicians how to install company A's product. So I think we can understand why they want to aim their programs for their product line and not not exceed that. So they pretty much stay stay in their lane. But it sounds to me like there's an opportunity to maybe coordinate these programs together. So while we are knocking on doors of fire marshals and, and cities and counties, when this new code language hits the street to remind them that this is a requirement and if you're a fire marshal, you should be enforcing this. That creates obviously a, a, a much better opportunity to improve the life safety of the buildings 
that include our products. It also creates a business opportunity for door dealers and an opportunity to expand our workforce with more certified technicians. I think it's safe to say that that a lot of fire doors don't get tested every year. Absolutely. And that's one of the biggest things as a recurring revenue income for a business. Once you get that contract with a building location for inspecting their fire doors, all it takes is a little bit of paperwork in the office to make sure that you're following up for yearly income coming back from that job site. And any dealer that would let that slide is just taking money off of their table, in my opinion. Well, they're also not maximizing the opportunity to keep the building safe, right? Correct. I mean, that's the number one thing is life safety, making sure that nothing ever happens in a building where something would go wrong. I have a brief story where there is a building that we have done the fire inspections for years. And it was a great feeling to know that when that building actually had a fire, it was contained to the one location of that warehouse because all the doors dropped properly and contained that fire. That's wonderful. And that is rewarding when something like that happens. That's what they're supposed to do. We shouldn't be necessarily feeling that good, but you can't help it, right? Absolutely. And and I have a customer for life because the amount of money it saved him in not only downtime of his business, the safety of his employees, and the capital investment of his building that were retained. And he was able to get back to work and functioning in a much timely, a much more timely fashion. And of course, there are other doors other than just the rolling seal fire door. So that also helps develop good relationships on service and replacement needs for other products they have that aren't necessarily part of the fire rated needs. Absolutely. It, it, it covers all aspects of recurring business. One of the other issues that uh, is a code requirement, actually, it's a code requirement in almost every area of the country, there are a few exemptions, is the requirement for doors to withstand wind loads if they're in the exterior wall of a, of a building. And I know in New Jersey, you have to deal with differing levels of wind load resistance requirements for doors. How, uh, how big of an issue is it for you at Doorboy in, in addressing the wind load requirements? And are there differences between residential and commercial product? Are there differences between new construction and replacement? So all doors installed in New Jersey have to meet a minimum of 160 mile an hour wind load requirement. And that's just by the International Building Code requirement uh, that the state has adopted. We do have municipalities that have increased the wind load requirements due to their location to the shore of New Jersey. And New Jersey does have one of the beautiful shorelines although you have to pay for badges. These different municipalities will adopt different levels of wind load requirements. And we do a pretty good job of staying on top of any changes that happen in these different municipalities. But it took us a number of years to get a compiled list of what municipalities were requiring which wind load requirement. And it's educating the builder when we're called in or the homeowner when we're called in to offer a replacement door or a new door installation and being able to educate the consumer with, this is your location, this is the requirement that's needed, this is what we have to install by. 
that conversation would probably be a little easier if there was a building permit requirement and the building department was telling them that instead of you having to tell them. It does create us a, a bit of a headache because you lose a job and you find out that they've installed a door that's less than par for the area, but nobody's inspected it. As IDA, we obviously ask our members to sign on to the code of business conduct as a member of IDA. And one of those is that you'll follow all the local rules. So IDA is a staunch advocate for following all of the laws, regulations, codes, standards that are in effect in every dealer's market. We are working hard to try to increase our outreach to the stakeholders that matter. So working with ICC, in fact, we partner with ICC on Garage Door Safety Month. So we're working on some things there to help parallel with Building Safety Month that, that uh, ICC operates. Obviously, we work with NFPA and the Insurance Institute for Business and Home Safety, IBHS, which is a disaster safety research arm of the insurance industry that are based in South Carolina, is another one of the stakeholders that we work with. In fact, we worked with them on getting some labeling requirements for wind load that are going to go into the code. We believe that the labeling requirement will now help educate building inspectors now that the doors are actually required to have a label on them indicating the design pressure. Hopefully that will help raise that awareness about that provision and we'll start to see more compliance. And after all, that's what we want to do is see safe buildings using the right product in the right location. I agree 100%. And even with the IDEA, with the certification of technicians, every technician has to sign the code of conduct. And in all of the different certifications, there is all the wind load requirement information. And even the technicians are taught about the different wind load requirements so they have an understanding of it. There are many jurisdictions that don't enforce a permit requirement and don't enforce a wind load requirement. Even on replacement doors, the theory is that in some building departments is if the existing door did not meet any special design pressure ratings, then we don't need to make that requirement apply on a replacement door. Other jurisdictions, however, see it differently and they enforce the code as it's written, meaning if you replace the door, the new door has to meet the code. You don't have to do anything else to the building, but you do have to bring that door up to meet the current requirements. So there's a lot of work that we're looking at there. I think that's an opportunity for our industry to improve the professionalism, but also improve the value of the products that we sell, service, and obviously replace I see with a lot of the different educational formats that have been offered to dealers through the IDEA and through the IDA has helped educate the business owners. If we look back just 35 years ago when residential garage openers had you know, the requirement for a secondary entrapment device, how many dealers within five years, maybe 10 years ago, would still service the operators without those photocell eyes and such. Today, where it's a lot more mainstream that every dealer is going to say, if it does not have photocell eyes, to pull it out and replace it. There's very few states that have a requirement of you cannot work on it, but it's the ethics of a business owner to replace something that is not safe for a end user. And I think we're seeing a huge change in the industry for that. It did take some time, but you're right. That change has happened. And I think we're past that curve for the most part, hopefully. We're talking today with Mark McManus. He's my guest on the IDA DoorCast. 
Just a reminder, Mark is from Doorboy in Berkeley Heights, New Jersey, and is the president of the Institute of Door Dealer Education and Accreditation, known as IDEA. So before we close, I want to spend a few minutes talking again about IDEA. So Mark, I'm sold. We've talked so much about education. We've talked about the value within your company of having certified techs and having your company be an accredited IDEA dealer. If I decide as a door dealer that I think I should follow your advice and find out more about that accreditation program and about the, the certified technician program, what should I do? You can go online to www.dooreducation.com, which is the IDEA website. And you can reach out through the website to Michelle or Deborah in the IDEA offices, and they would be glad to answer any of your questions. A few things that I would like to bring up on that is for any testing, whether it be accreditation or certification, we offer these tests at all expo events, at all regional trade show events. And if you don't want to travel, we can offer these exams at local colleges. We have a network of colleges that we work with that you can go in and take us, you know, have a seat to be proctored. The level of our exams require proctoring to make them full certifications. You could go into a local college, sit down, take the exam and hand that back into the person proctoring the exam. They ship it back to the IDEA. It is then graded and you're given the information. So we offer many different ways to be able to get your certification, whether it's locally or at Expo or at any of the regional shows that may be going on. So to be clear, when you talk about regional shows, my understanding is that IDEA is offering to hold testing sessions at obviously IDEA Expo Plus, which we're launching the first Expo Plus this year, but also at the affiliate meetings around the country, as well as IDEA Educon. So there's some good opportunities there, but if that doesn't fit, then you, as you said, you offer the network of colleges where they can get local proctored exams if you need to get the testing done for that initial certification. What about accreditation? How long would it take a, a door dealer to get through the IDEA accreditation program? So the accreditation program is an in-depth program. As I said before, I compared it to the exam that a plumber or electrician would take for their licensing. It is a six-part exam going over the, the running of a business and also all the information on the products themselves. My recommendation is for people to take that exam at Expo because at Expo, there is retesting available throughout the time that we're there. All these programs are a study at home program. You could come in within the first couple of days of Expo and schedule to have that exam taken. And with accreditation, because it is a six-part exam, if you fail one part, you only have to retake that one part. And you have the, the, the days at Expo to go back to your room, maybe do a little bit of studying and go back and take that last part of the exam that you may have failed. So Expo offers a great opportunity for accreditation. But the same thing could be done at a local college where you, if you wanted to take one part at a time, we could schedule that accordingly. It is a large comprehensive exam, but it does set the standard for 
who is the premier company in the area. So when you talk about premier company, you mean marketing to your customers that you are an IDEA accredited dealer to help set a level of expectation and to help set your company aside from others in the marketplace. You're actually using the IDEA accreditation as part of your sales pitch. Absolutely. Mark, let me just close this thought. I think this is great. You're using the IDEA accreditation in your marketing to establish the credibility of your company, but also to help set an expectation from the customer that this is an indication of the value of your company. Correct. We feel that our IDEA certifications and accreditations are what set us apart from other competitors. Mark, this has actually been good. It's been fun talking with you, but it's also been, I think, very informative for our listeners. Thanks again. I know we're actually recording this late on a Sunday night. Thanks very much for taking time out on a busy weekend with all the playoff games that are happening. I really want to thank you for taking time. I want to thank you for your service to IDEA and to the industry and wish you great success. And I cannot wait to see you at Expo Plus in Las Vegas this coming April. Thanks very much for coming on tonight. Thank you very much, Mike. Thank you, Mike. This industry means so much to me. My father having started in it, we now have our third generation of McManuses involved in the business. I just love seeing this industry grow and grow and grow. Thanks, Mark. And thanks to our listeners. Mark McManus, IDEA president and co-owner of Doorboy in Berkeley Heights has been our guest tonight. And we've been talking to you about the Institute of Door Dealer Education and Accreditation, along with a lot of other things. This is Mike Fisher, executive director of IDEA, signing off from the Winding Bar Cafe. Take care, everybody. To our listeners, thanks so much for hanging out with us today. We hope you enjoyed today's IDA DoorCast, and we hope to see you soon. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the IDA DoorCast. Be sure to catch our next episode. For more information about IDA, visit doors.org. See you next time.